Sirius XM Radio presents, in conjunction with House of Athlete, I Am Athlete Tonight. And we were able to fly out to L.A. this past week, sit down with Kyrie Irving. He was gracious enough to give us some of his time and just really get to know him and ask him a few questions. Um, he talked about his relationship with LeBron James and how he believes that's been misinterpreted. And we're going to play a soundbite from that interview that we had with him. I was coming in every day like, yo, I'm better than you, 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 you. I don't care. Y'all can line up. We go 1v1 right now. Ooh. That energy was me every day. So you... You know, me going against Brown, we played one-on-one uh, one time, by the way. I'm not going to tell y'all who won or lost. Uh, no, no, no. no. no tell us, bro. We had fun going back and forth. We had fun. We, <laughs> we had, had fun. fun. Had fun. I'm not going to talk about who got the better right, like right. y'all two, but okay. we had fun back and forth. But I, I, I'll close it in like this. <laughs> no, I'm going to troll me. <laughs> leave, leave it for the speculation. <laughs> leave it for the speculation. But I definitely feel like if I was in the same maturity level I am now and understanding who I am and I look back on that time then we definitely definitely would have won more championships together because there would have been a better man-to-man understanding about yeah what I'm going through I could I didn't know how to share my emotions I didn't know how to yeah I didn't I didn't know how to do that so instead of sharing I isolated myself Mm. and I and I just started pouring myself more into the game of basketball and I had one of my better seasons but I wasn't connecting with everybody as much during our championship year. So in 2017, it was a different year for us. So when we went against Golden State, we went against a great team. When you're not a great team and you're not clicking on all cylinders and together, you're easily defeatable. Mm. You're you're defeated before you even get to the the arena. We we were in those games against Golden State, but we we definitely could have given them a run for their money, regardless if they had kept. Now, there's a lot to unpack there, and I actually want to ask Brandon and Pac-Man, but I'm going to start with Adam Pac-Man Jones. Who do you believe won that one-on-one game between Kyrie and LeBron? Oh, LeBron won. It's not a question. I don't know, man. Kyrie's handles is crazy in one-on-one situations. I was the first one said that Kyrie's by far have the best handles that I've ever seen a point guard play in the NBA, and you can name whoever you want to name. It's not a kid that can handle the ball like Kyrie Irving can handle the ball. But um, it was an interesting conversation. He went, he, he he shied away from the answer. Um, Ben, man, what would you what you think? B? You you think you think he beat him? Uh, Kyrie for sure. You know, you got to think about it. Um, LeBron is potentially the goat, right? Because it's the debate: is LeBron the goat? Is uh, MJ the goat? Well, for Kyrie, actually, his goat is is his pops, right? is Kobe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said Kobe, right? So, um, but it's a debate. And I think when you, the way he answered the question was in deference and respect. Yeah. Right? Out of deference and respect. Like, look, he's the GOAT. Or people say him, say that he's the GOAT. So I'm not going to go out there and say I beat the GOAT, right? You don't, you don't do that. Like you, we, we put our, our GOATs on this pedestal and we don't want to disrespect them. Yeah. We, we ain't trying to do that. So the way he answered the question, let me uh, know that uh, he won the one-on-one. Well, and, that's, and that's my, he might be saying it. He might be saying it because it was close, but there's no way he can stop LeBron James in the post, bro. Obviously no. y'all don't play basketball. Do you play basketball, Brandon? 
Yeah, but but but, <laughs> Come but on, yes, man. I do. But but and you can ask uh Twan and 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 MB Michael Beasley about this as well. It's like that's not fair. Like if I'm playing against my nieces and nephews or whatever, you can't just post or, them up every yeah, time. Yeah, I'm not gonna post them up every time. Like if the game is when the game is on the line, yeah, you know, we're talking about within two or something, that's when you go to that, but you ain't gonna go down there in the paint every single time. That you don't get no respect out of that. Well, but if it got close, if it got close, he could not. He, it's nothing he can do with about it. That's what yeah, I'm saying. I actually want to ask a question to to Michael Beasley, right? Because Brandon, you brought up a good point. He said, you know, Kobe's his goat. Why does it seem that people automatically skip by Kobe when they talk about the goats and they go from MJ and, and to LeBron instead of you know putting Kobe in that category? I mean, look at look at Bron's stats. <clears throat> Bron yeah, did everything. Five rings, though. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he got five rings, but I mean, for real, I can just go. I don't know, bro. Kobe, Kobe, a bad motherfucker to me. Like Kobe, top three, top top two to me. Um, well, which is what? Do you bees? Do you think it's because like Kobe and MJ battled together, right? Like they were in this, not the same generation, but they battled, you know, during the same time. You know, so it's like there's no way MJ's our goat. He's the hero. We're gonna put him up here. He's he's right here. You know what I mean? So Kobe Bryant is is fighting for that. Now we're talking about two different generations. So I feel like that could play a big part in in, in, in this whole. I mean, life. and then you know, RP Kobe. It's easy to you know talk about him being three now that he ain't gonna get mad. You know, so that that that's a less like. A big part of why it's easy to just put, just slide Ron into that that, that that number two spot. Um, but me personally, I think I think LeBron James is the best player in history. No, no, mm. no doubt about it. Like yes. So what, Mike? Why do you, uh, Michael Beasley? Why do you think he's better than? So, so this, this is my main argument, right? He could play if, the one if, through if, five. If you put, yeah, one hundred percent. So look, if you if you take if you put stats on paper, right, and take the names away from the paper, you take the best point guard, you take the best two guard, three, four, five, even a fucking six man, the coach <laughs> resume too. You ain't gonna be able to tell LeBron James from the best best at every position. You dig what I'm saying? He he like he can literally be the best one, two, three, four, five in history. Yes. You dig what I'm saying? I told you this, B. I don't dig what you're saying, B. Yes, bro. He can play I'm point guard, day. two, three, and put bro, you in the post. He can like every, like, five. His 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 stats match up somewhere. Blocks, steals, rebounds, assists, da-da-da-da-da-da. So did, so did Magic Johnson. fucking 62, 70, bro. It ain't like nobody, nobody can guard him in his prime, bro. Bees, bees, bees. When you, when you, when you grew up playing basketball, when you started playing basketball, did you look up to LeBron or did you look up to MJ? Yeah, but, but that, 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 that brings me to my, my next Michael Jordan argument. Like the reason y'all don't want to say Michael Jordan is, is, is number two it's because y'all got y'all feelings in the way. Get y'all pride out the way for a second. Put it Thank on you, Beasley. Because y'all like, like, oh yeah, oh, MJ jumped from the free throw line and MJ was <laughs> <from the pool laughs> like, bro, we grown men and let's call a spade a spade. This man is 6'8", damn near 300 pounds jumping 18 feet in the air. Come on, man. It ain't nobody in the fuck. What? 
Hold on, fast too, you baby. Like fast can get right. No, I'm not disrespecting Jordan, but the only reason you say it's like, 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 like smooth shit. But Jordan, Jordan, if Jordan was six eight, if Jordan was six eight, two two forty, two fifty, they'd have had his big ass. They'd have had him down at, at, at the four five with Charles <laughs> Oakley. You dig what I'm saying? Yeah. So the fact that he's that size, doing it for that long. 30 fucking, like 30 points in his 19th year, man. Stop disrespecting my man, bro. For Come real. on, bro. Hey, MB. Put some respect Beasley. on his name. Beasley, I've been watching your footage. I've been watching your workouts the last year. Um, you will be in the NBA next year. You know, and I know it's going to be by way of the big three. Congratulations on that. But the reality is you now only have 29 teams that's going to pick you up, not 30. Because MJ, <laughs> the, the Charlotte, they not picking you up. It's just like, like look, M MJ, bro, he was my favorite, my favorite player growing up. You know, MJ yeah. and Vince Carter. Um, but LeBron James is the first player I told my mom about, like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I heard about him when I was like 14, like not in like 12, 13 years old. And I'm like, bro, you know, you, you ever heard of LeBron James? And I'm sitting here <laughs> telling my mom, like, man, this man, he, he my height, and he's doing everything they told me I can't do. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, bro, LeBron just, Bro, come on, man. You got you can't don't disrespect me. All right, yeah. all right, all right. This is I am athlete tonight. I'm right against Lee J. Doosable with my three teammates, Brandon Marshall, Adam Pac-Man Jones, and Michael Beasley. And we were talking about who was the greatest of all time. But before that, we were talking about the interview we had with Kyrie Irving. And we have another sound bite of sound bite of him talking about what LeBron taught him while he was teammates with him. Not only was he teaching me off the court, but on the court, this man is a savant. He's a he's a genius in terms of how he prepares, how he takes, takes care of his body, how he treats his body, what he does every single day to be able to be at the top. Mm. You know what I mean? To stay at the top. Yeah. And people want to see that man fail every minute of the Hate day. Yeah. But then he has a whole other side. Braun, 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 Braun. So I, I, right, I right. definitely was like, all right, I need to build up <laughs> my community the same way where, yeah. you know, success, failure, we got your back. Haters, go ahead. Y'all got it. So, so dudes, Pat, yeah. uh, MB, Michael Beasley, um, you know, how we got into that conversation, right? We just flew to LA last week, yeah. right? And and anybody out there that's listening, you can watch that full episode on IamAthletetv.com or YouTube and type in I Am Athlete and you'll see that as our latest episode. So we got the opportunity to fly out there and, and chop it up with Kai. Um, the last six months, I, I literally text him and message him once a month, like, yo, love you. Would love to sit down with you. And he finally replied a couple weeks ago, and we got the opportunity. So that's how it happened. So we shot this episode Wednesday. And um, the way we got into that, it was basically a simple question. Like, if you and LeBron stayed together, mm. yeah. how many mm -hmm. more championships would you guys have won? Yeah. And, and what is not in that clip, he says, you know what? I would probably be living in, in LA. LA. Yes, he did. <laughs> so uh, it, it was a dope conversation, Beasley. Um, and, and what I took from that is like, this is a guy, he's only 30, Bees. Mm. And a lot of times, like when we see our athletes, you know, make mistakes or, you know, see their career highlights, it's like it's plaster and it's stuck in history and just in the ethos forever. 
but this dude is 30. And at 24, he asked for a trade. Yeah. And he goes, you know, deeper into this conversation saying, like, look, in retrospect, I would have done things differently. Right. So, Pac, I don't know uh, how you felt about, you know, that conversation. And, it and was, how you, first how you, of all, it was an electrifying conversation. <clears throat> you know what I mean? It kind of turned the room when we was all sitting there. And what I got from the conversation is, you know, he had some time. He needed some time where he needed to grow as a man to figure out his his run. You know what I mean? And um, I think it was un- unbelievable. He he sat there and said, "Huh, if if it if I would have stuck with LeBron, I would probably be living in L.A. Like, mm. and it take time and and growing to say, hey, look." Um, the decision I made wasn't bad, but if I made another decision, I might would have probably six rings, four or five rings right now by now. So um, I don't think it was a bad decision, Brandon. I think um, it was decision for him. You know what I mean? Like he told us the whole time that he had to figure out him. Like after they won the championship, like he was lost. He was lost. And so I respect that, you know. Um, he just wasn't happy with himself as a person, you know. You, I would think you would be on top of the world after you Pat, win the championship. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. I feel like I'm getting a mellow and a calmer Adam Pac-Man Jones. <laughs> Is it because of all the heat that you're taking from Kaepernick? Colin Kaepernick joined our show, and you, you've been getting crushed over the last. <laughs> well, actually, I've been smudging, so I, I'm trying to keep my. <laughs> hey, Brandon, yeah. they don't know what smudging is? No, oh, we just oh. learned what smudging is. Yeah, we did, but we know now. So uh, I was going to say, was it Kyrie with the sage? Have you been saging? It's not sage, bro. You don't call it that. It's called oh, smudge. It's Tell smudging. them, Brandon. Okay, smudging. Because <laughs> like, you being so nice talking about, well, I don't think he made a bad decision, whatever. Because <laughs> I, I don't, you really, look, I had a situation when I was in Tennessee and I was playing really good and I ended up getting in trouble. And I had a chance to either sign back with, I mean, well, I was already up on the contract, either go back to Tennessee or say, hey, look, I'm going to let y'all have that money, and I'm going to go somewhere else. You know what I mean? Hindsight, I should have set my ass down and stayed in Tennessee, you know what I mean, instead of going to Dallas. But Dallas did change my, my life and everything. But go ahead, dudes. I'll wrap it up. I'll get them that story later. Well, real quick, I want to ask Brandon and, and Adam Pacman Jones a quick question because, Brandon, in the interview, you kind of talked about Kyrie being one of the most un- misunderstood athletes out there today. After the interview with him, like, what was your impression of Kyrie real quick? After you had the interview, well, I'll give my uh, uh, opinion and my thoughts in the next uh, block. We got Michael Beasley for next thirty seconds, so I'm gonna pass it to MB. MB, what's your thoughts on this whole Kyrie Irving thing? Nets, like, what comes to mind when you think about Kyrie Irving? Just take us home over the next thirty seconds. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he misunderstood, but you know, a little bit is that a little bit of that is on himself, like you know, him being twenty four. But it's cool to see him mature and walk back on it, you know, and, and admit that he was wrong. Um, that's you know, that's it. That's what I got. That's my guy, man. You know, I'm I'm happy to see him in a good space to where you know he just so, just smiling and going around again. You know, so. so if you're the Nets, if you're the Brooklyn Nets right now, um, because he's going into what he has one more year. Well, he can opt out. He can opt out. So yeah. quickly, would you would you extend him? I ain't the Nets. <laughs> Got him. Hold on. Hey, before we go, what does that even mean? Uh, a bees? 
would. I would. Hey, man, it ain't my money. Don't get me spending somebody else's money. Right. Uh, I got you. But hey, really quickly, I want everybody to know. No, I would extend running, him. He's only 30. And I'm you telling right. you, I looked in his eyes, dudes. Yeah. I would extend him. You never know who'll step inside the green room with Danny Green. One of the premier bus drivers of the 90s, one Mr. Charles Barkley. Listen, Kevin Durant's a terrific player, but he had a chance to be the bus driver, and he's never won a championship when he wasn't one of the other guys. And I was just trying to make the point, hey, you don't get to make excuses when you don't win. That's just the way it is. Listen, subscribe, and review Inside the Green Room with Danny Green on Stitcher, Apple, or wherever you get your podcast. But right now, we're going to bring in our producers, Evan and Anthony, and we're going to do our two-minute drill. Now, the two-minute drill is where they give us a bunch of different sports topics. We don't know what they are, but we're just going to react to them, and we have two minutes to discuss them. So, Evan, our producer, Uh come in with our first topic. All right, let's start with some NFL news. The Miami Dolphins have reportedly come to terms with Melvin Ingram, the big pass rusher, three-time Pro Bowler. He spent last season with the Kansas City Chiefs. Before that, he was with the uh, Steelers following nine seasons with the Los Angeles Chargers. He's two years out from his last Pro Bowl campaign. Question for you guys, put two minutes on the clock. Is Melvin Ingram a good fit with the Miami Dolphins? I think he's a really good fit, right? You look at what they did. They re-signed Emmanuel Ogba, who's a really good player on their defense. Jalen Phillips is the guy they took in the first round from Miami a few years ago. He's coming into his own. I mean, Miami Dolphins are trying to make a run, right? They traded for Tyreek Hill. They just wanted to shore up that pass rush on the outside. They got Van Geekel on the outside. So now you're talking about being too deep at the edge position with a guy like Melvin Gordon who can kick inside at the three technique, use some of that athletic ability to beat guards one-on-one and get to the quarterback. So that, I think this was a really good move by the Miami Dolphins. And I, and I know Melvin Gordon lives down here in the offseason. So it was kind of like the Tyreek Hill situation. It was a no-brainer for him. Mm. I think it, I think it was a great move because his body they don't they don't need him to play the whole game. You get what I'm saying? They can spot play him less reps on his body and he can play the game. You've seen how he play when he's healthy. So um I, I think it's it's a great move too. Listen, uh Mel oh it's quick two minute drill. Let's yeah. go. It's a great move, right? Melvin Ingram going on what year 10, right? One minute. sack, you know. Uh, his first year, second year, one sack, then forward, and 10, and 8, and 10, and 7, 7, 0, 1, 1. Right now, he's at that phase of his career where he just needs a great start. And I think the Miami Dolphins are going to give him a great start. And we're going to see Melvin Ingram with 10-plus sacks. This is a great mm-hmm. move for the Miami Dolphins and Melvin Ingram in a warm-weather place, sunny South Florida. 10 sacks, Brandon? That's aggressive. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook. We need to put it on the prop bet. Download the app, prop bet. I watch. Trust me. Ten seconds. I love Melvin Ingram. Give me, give me seven. I was gonna say that maybe that might be more attainable because he's he's not gonna play uh, like Pacman said. He's not gonna play every single down. Right? They're gonna bring him in on third down and he's gonna rush. Yeah, but if you go back to Elvis Dumerville, Elvis Dumerville had fifteen plus sacks when he was with Baltimore doing the same thing that you just said. But what were they doing? They were playing really good defense, stopping people, and they were putting up points. Yeah. So my question is, if Tua go out there. he puts up points, it's right? A, We're now feed into he can Melvin peel back his ears. Yeah, he can go. This dude is one of the most savviest football players we've ever seen. Like, don't get it twisted yeah. when he's playing for the Chargers. Now, no, nah, he's a baller. He's a baller. This situation, Anthony, our producer. What's our next topic? Uh, I just want to say before I get to my topic, I'm just happy Evan and I are providing uh, something that show desperately needs, which is just more random voices. That being said, <laughs> let me get into my topic. Frank Gore, former 40, San Francisco 49er, great and potential Hall of Famer, had a 39th birthday to remember on Saturday. What is it? 
Well, Gorge savagely knocked out Yaya Olorunsola. Do not ask me to pronounce that again. In the fourth <laughs> round of their professional good. boxing match. Now, if you remember, Gore had previously fought NBA All-Star Darren Williams in an exhibition bout originally uh, stated, which happened in December of 2021. It was a losing effort for Gore as Williams pulled out the victory via split decision on the undercar of Jake Paul, Tyron Woodley. Pac-Man, I'm going to throw it to you, brother. Uh, I know you throw hands. I know you throw hands in the in the boxing ring. If Gore yeah, were to yeah. call you out, would you want that smoke? Hell no, I wouldn't want the smoke. I'm a fan of Frank Gore, and I'm not fighting Frank Gore. I've been around Frank Gore a long time. I'm talking about when we was rookies to building our career to where we at now. The man hands is hard as hell when you, you touch calluses on the bottom of them and the top. He's the most one of the most physical uh, specimens that I've seen. But I got to see the fight, and um, Frank, I, mean, I hope you listen to this, brother. Good, good job, man. Keep doing you, man. I'm a fan, and um, I'll see you soon. Maybe we'll fight on the same card. Be trying to get me not to fight. Though. Hey, Anthony, quick question: What, what, what weight division was that in? Because Frank just looked like he's just a heavyweight. Heavyweight, ten thousand percent heavyweight. Heavyweight. You can see. Him. Him. Did you see Bunny's legs fold? Oh my, nice. oh my god, he was doing the stanky leg when he hit the pace. Listen, <laughs> listen, I talked to Frank probably an hour before this show. Uh, he's going to come on whether it's I Am Athlete tonight or maybe it's the flagship show I Am Athlete Miami. And um, one of the things that he said there was a, a, a huge difference was he didn't spar the first fight against D. Will. This one he got 200 hours sparring, and he said that was the difference. I said, bro, you look phenomenal. Yeah. Pat, you and I both know this dude been boxing for 10 years. There's no way he should have had that type of outing against D. Will. No. Right? And so, well, he got hit with a woo. So, like, I don't know what the question, I don't know what the question was, but Frank looked amazing, and it's not stopping. This is his second career. So you think he, he can have a, a good career in boxing? I, well, it's not about, it's this side of boxing, right? Yeah. Bro, he can, he can have a good career, career bro, I'm telling you. He's going to continue you, to box. His work so ethic looks like, and all of that, he's a warrior, man. Yeah. Boy, he's fighting against influencers, YouTubers, bare knucklers, other athletes. He's going to continue. Uh, Evan, our producer, what is our next topic? Oh, this is one of my favorites of the day. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. Oh, this is an amazing story. So uh, he gets part of his contract, according to Mark Stein, from making it to the conference finals with the Dallas Mavericks, he will receive a $570,000 bonus. So you think to yourself, all right, if he's making $570,000 for making it to the conference finals, he must have a crazy bonus if he wins the NBA championship, right? Wrong. His <laughs> bonus, his contract, in his contract, it says if he wins the NBA championship, the bonus is $1. What? Not $1 million, not $1,000, $1, four quarters. So the question I have for you guys is, why would he agree to that deal? Have you guys ever heard of a contract like that? And what is the most bizarre stipulation you guys have ever seen in a professional athlete's contract? Mm. First and foremost, who the hell is his agent, Brandon? <laughs> like, Pat, who's this guy's agent? He needs to be fired. This is ridiculous. Um, right. I'm what over five hundred thousand for reaching, you know, the conference finals, but only a dollar if they win the NBA finals. Uh, I don't know if there was maybe a cap situation or something going on, but I, I've never heard. What's what's the most bizarre thing you've ever heard is a stipulation in the contract? Brent? The I've heard stuff just like this because you know what? That's right. Obviously, the owner have told him, "Hey, if you make it to the conference final, don't worry about what you're gonna get for the conference final." 
worry about though that I'm finna sign you too long term. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? So that's how I looked at it. Hey, look, you bust your ass, you get us to the conference final. Hey, here go you 550. Don't even worry about if we win the championship. Because if you get us there, I'm putting my trust in you. Trust in you. Right. So listen, um, you guys just have to Google this, right? All you listeners out there. This is the class Rams, right? The Rams, if you look up the Rams in their history, they've always uh, leaned into creative ways to have fun with contracts and incentives. Mm. Go back to when we were playing dudes in Pac-Man. The St. Louis Rams was yeah. known for this type of stuff. Like, because they, you know, our, our contracts get out there is made publicly and these things come out to start a conversation. Mm-hmm. Rams get creative using nicknames. Uh, I don't even know this word, palindromes in players' contracts. So how do you say that, Evan? P-A-L-I-N-D-R. Palindrome? What? Palindrome? What, did that, what does that mean? Palindrome is like when you spell something one way versus the other, like the word race car is a palindrome. Right. So this is Earth. this article, this is the first article that pops up. It's uh, June 12, 2017. And then you can go on, you know, even Odell's uh, contract, like they're known for that. So mm. I don't have a specific uh, story, but I go immediately to the Rams. Mm. This is I Am Athlete Tonight. I am your host, Lee J. Doosable, with my two teammates, Brandon Marshall and Adam Pacman Jones. And we're in our two-minute drill where our producers give us sports topics that we have no idea what they are, and we discuss them for two minutes against the clock. Anthony, our producer, what's our next topic? And we're losing right now. We're not going to score a touchdown or make the field goal. This two-minute drill <laughs> sucks. Adam Pacman Jones, the, court, the corner and the defense is winning right now. <laughs> All right, hopefully this picks up uh, the score for us, uh, Brandon. In 2014, the NFL briefly contemplated moving the Raiders to St. Louis. Documents uh, obtained by the St. Louis Dispatch revealed that the NFL considered moving the Oakland Raiders to St. Louis in 2014. There were discussions of the Raiders moving with a restructured ownership, a brand makeover, and something called a special diversity initiative. Would have loved to see what that was, according to documents. Ultimately, the Raiders did move, albeit to Las Vegas, and the Rams left St. Louis for Los Angeles in 2016, a move that cost the Rams owner Stan Conkright $550 million. Dudes, you played in St. Louis. Yeah. Is that city ready for another NFL franchise? I do believe so. And I believe they're still a little butthurt from when the Rams left and went to LA. If I'm not mistaken, they had a $790 million settlement that they reached because the, you know, the Rams ended up leaving and going to Los Angeles. So I think this is a team that or a city that is ready for another NFL team. It was a really good fan base. We all remember when Kurt Warner and, and Marshall Falk and all of them were there. What was it? The greatest show on turf it was called. Uh, the fan base was crazy there. So I think this is the fan base that is starving for another NFL team. Multiple teams have been there before. They've left. So I think, you know, an expansion team would be good in St. Louis. Uh, what I would say to this, and we're still losing, dudes took up all two minutes. <laughs> no, I didn't. Right? So Adam, <laughs> like, look, Adam over there, like, we good. Like, he's chilling. We ain't even past that. 50 Man, that took 30 seconds. I Am Athlete Tonight is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. Support I Am Athlete Tonight with a five-star rating and by leaving a review. That's a big deal, guys. Stop being lazy. Pick up your phones and leave a review and give us a five-star rating. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Want more? Catch the full two hours of I Am Athlete Tonight weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on Mad Dog Sports Radio. Series XM channel 82.
Go to SiriusXM.com backslash IAA Tonight Trial to start your free trial today. Serious XM Podcasts.